It'll be interesting to see how the Vikings can start their season out with two straight road games, uh, one against Cincinnati and now against Arizona in a different time zone. So I'm excited. One thing we know is if it's going to be a December game in Chicago on Monday Night Football, it's going to be cold, it's going to be loud, it's going to be rowdy, and it's going to mean that you're going to need your road graders to get that running game going against that stout defensive line. What's up, Vikings fans? Chris Corso here with episode number 95 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It is the schedule release episode. We have the entire schedule that was just revealed on the NFL Network, and we're going to go through every single game from preseason week one through the last game of the regular season. So with that, I bring in Vikings.com's producer and on-air talent, Gabe Henderson, as well as producer Jay Nelson. What's going on, guys? I am so excited. Uh, we have so many takeaways from literally from the beginning all the way until the end. I literally cannot wait to dive into this schedule with you guys. Yeah, I'm glad we got it first this year before Jay surprised us with the, the actual live reaction schedule release that he did last year. So I'm excited to know what games that we are going to play this year and actually I guess plan around it, right? Because last year there were so many unknowns. And, you know, with Roger Goodell saying that there will be full capacity, if not full capacity, some fans in the stands this year, I, I think it's a good time to be excited. So I'm excited, man. This is like Christmas. It has to be like one of the biggest things about it is that there's going to be fans back in the stadium, most likely. We don't know officially until the Vikings announce that um, through U.S. Bank Stadium, but. I'm just looking forward to some normalcy. I'm looking forward to everyone being vaccinated, being back, and just being at, at a normal NFL football game. A lot of people don't realize, but most of us weren't even at a lot of these games last year at the stadium. Wait, Gabe, have you seen a Skull Champ before? Live? I haven't seen it since 2019. When I was in Washington, oh, yeah. we played you guys. We played the Vikings on Thursday night Thursday football. Night. So, so, yes, I have, but... No, I have not as a Vikings employee. I have not seen a skull chant, so I haven't been on the winning side of one. Tell them about the skull chant, Jay. It's a boatload of people who are extremely excited to be at a game, and it's so awesome. It's so fun and loud to to, to hear. I know that it's what's fun for me is when you hear other players from other teams, whether they come here or not, talking about that experience and what that's like to be on another sideline. Gabe, like you said, you were on the other sideline last time you, you experienced one. But I'm just thinking about things like uh, the home opener that we have coming up that's really exciting. And then, of course, the big divisional games that we potentially have. Those are always super raucous, super loud. And there's some really fun matchups here that are going to potentially benefit from that. And I know Andre Patterson talked about he cannot wait to have those fans back in helping make a difference on defense. I just think this year is going to be absolutely electric given uh, the fact that if we get fans back in at a, a larger capacity, if not full capacity, it's going to make a huge difference, so I'm really looking forward to it. We are certainly looking forward to it, and with that, we will bring our takeaways to the schedule release. And as Gabe said it last year, it was Jay who uh, put together the outline for this episode, and Gabe and I had no idea about every single game that was coming up on the release. Is that right, Jay? Am I getting it right? Yeah, it's just you guys, I think you don't have any sense of adventure. Come on, boys. You know, it was so much fun last year. It, and it's actually the reason why I did that last year was because it's how we used to do the schedule release with PA and, and, and some of the guys. And so it was just something that I pulled out of the, the you know, pull out of the closet from before. 
and was fun to do this year. Given that uh, Corso got it first, he could have played role reversal on that one, but uh, he chose chose to be nice to Gabe and I. So we'll just we'll just rip through this thing and 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 kind of reveal it for the fans, and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I got to start being smarter like Jay and not just give away all the secrets right away. But uh, with that, let's start it off with the the entertaining preseason that we missed last year. We start off the season at home at U.S. Bank Stadium on Friday, August 14th, or Saturday the 15th, hasn't been decided yet, against the Denver Broncos. This one has a a pretty cool tie because George Payton, the Vikings' assistant general manager, took the job as the general manager of the Denver Broncos in the offseason, so he will have a pretty quick return to U.S. Bank Stadium, Gabe. Yeah, and I think Vikings fans will be excited about that just because it'll be the first home game possibly with fans at U.S. Bank Stadium. Of course, George Payton, even though it's a preseason game, he's going to try to win that game. And we know usually um, there are four preseason games, so only having three, I think starters might actually play in this game for at least the first quarter. So it'll be the first look at what the Minnesota Vikings could be in 2021. And that's one thing for the fans to really keep in mind is the fact that the schedule has changed this year. You know, we used to do four preseason, 16 regular season. This is the first year, three preseason and 17 regular season. So it has even more meeting now with those preseason games where you have one less preseason game and one more regular season. It's going to be crucial for not only the starters, but the backups as well to get through that trial by fire and really, you know, pay attention and and get their feet underneath them in those first three preseason games. The next preseason game will also be at home number preseason week number two against the Indianapolis Colts on Friday, August 21st or Saturday, August 22nd. So pretty similar type game. Um, You'll get two out of the three preseason games will be at home and the first two being at home is definitely something that's positive for for the team, Gabe. Yeah, and this game will be the closest look that the fans will get to the Minnesota Vikings as a team. Like This is a game that the starters will probably play the first half, if not the first three quarters, and then you'll probably see them rest and not play preseason week number three. I know we haven't got the preseason week number three yet, but I think if you're a fan of the team and you want to see like legit football other than of course preseason week one preseason week number two is going to be that week where we actually see some of the plays like Kirk Cousins uh like going through a going going a little deeper in the playbook and not being so vanilla as far as like the play calling so preseason week number two Indianapolis Colts I'm looking forward to that because all right football is back well the third and final preseason game will be at Kansas City against the Chiefs. That'll be Friday, August 28th or Saturday the 29th. It'll be really interesting to see what Mike Zimmer does in a game like that against one of the best teams in the NFL, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. A lot of the time, the head coaches rest a lot of the players in that last preseason game when there's four of them. It will be very exciting to see if uh, Mike Zimmer wants to put some of the starters to the test against the Kansas City crowd, Jay. The thing that's kind of weird about this one, like you said, is how do they treat it? Do they treat it like a week three? Do they treat it like a week four in in previous years? I I think if you look at it, too, you've got essentially a two-week break between preseason week three and week one starting. So you've got two weeks to kind of figure everything out. Um, 
for me, I think that that Kansas City crowd, yeah, you want to get some of those people a little bit more acclimated to what a noisy stadium is going to be like since it's been a while for for some of the veterans and for those rookies coming in just to get used to it. But again, who knows in Kansas City what it's going to feel like as well with their fans, if it's going to be the normal fan base or if it's going to be kind of the walk-up, one-off game tickets. So it, it will be interesting to see what happens there in Kansas City. I, I'm, I know this is a, a football podcast, but Jay, I am highly disappointed in the fact that you did not say you were looking forward to the Kansas City barbecue against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, the, the starters won't play, but I think if we travel to that game, the barbecue will be in full effect. Uh, I was, I'm was, i curious if, if kind of what you're, you're uh, hinting at there is the fact that if I would be in a, a meat sweat food coma <laughs> going to Kansas City or if we'd be playing a football game. If you want to talk about the first one, I can talk about Oklahoma Joe's, or as it's known now as Joe's, yeah. all day long. So, yeah, it's it. What's, what used to be great is we've got uh, people here that work for the Vikings that actually used to work for the Chiefs and worked in Kansas City. So they knew all the hot spots and everything, and we always look forward to going down and seeing those guys and being able to hang out with that stuff. One other really quick note that I want to point out here, though, too. You look at those three preseason games you just listed, home against the Broncos, home against the Colts, and at Kansas City. All three of those are AFC opponents. And in past years, we've had to play like late-night games against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Um, The fact that these are are going to be both two of them at home, one at Kansas City in the central time zone and everything, it's a pretty favorable schedule when it comes to uh, players having to acclimate for time zones and late games and that kind of thing. It just feels like it'll be somewhat normal and, and uh, helpful for our squad this year. All right. Well, let's get to the actual schedule, the the one that everybody's waiting for. One of the most exciting uh, times of the year to see each and every game of where the Vikings will play all the regular season opponents. So it was announced early on Wednesday morning that the Vikings will open up the season on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Sunday, September 12th at noon. Gabe, what are your first takeaways when when you heard this news? Like if you're a wide receivers coach, if you're a wide receiver, being a former college wide receiver and myself, like this is a game that you get hyped for. I mean, you got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all playing against each other. And of course, you got the former number one overall pick in Joe Burrow, who played with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Um, I'm excited, man. I mean, it's Mike Zimmer. I think it's his first time back in Cincinnati since he was uh, the defensive coordinator there. There, there's so many storylines here. Riley Reef, um, he's playing with the the uh, Cincinnati Bengals now. So I, I'm excited, but I think this will be a a pass happy game just due to the the four wide receivers uh, that are, that will be playing in this game. Hopefully. I agree, Gabe, and I'm looking forward to those two LSU wide receivers battling it out. I mean, we know what Justin Jefferson did. We know the rookie season that he had, and I am just as excited to see what Jamar Chase is going to do in the NFL. I mean, for him to be paired with his college quarterback and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, those Bengals fans have been through a lot of rough years uh, in the in the years past, and now they have one of the most promising duos and all in in the entire sport I mean it's unbelievable to have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow at the head of that Bengals offense and you forget about T Higgins like you just brought up Gabe I, it, it's it's a scary offense that Mike Zimmer is going to go against Jay in week one yeah and the thing you think about too if you look at those first two draft picks that they had they had Jamar Chase at number five who was the really you know Corso's favorite uh kind of sexy sexy pick there but 
Clemson tackle Jackson Carmen at number 46, I think is going to be important for them too. And, and Riley reef as well. So like, they're trying to figure out what can we do to make sure that Joe Burrow stays upright and make sure he doesn't take injuries like he did last year. Yeah. He's going to be able to do his scrambling and stuff a little bit more, but I, I think in year two, they're going to ask him to, to sit in the pocket a little bit more just to help protect him. And so it will be interesting to see what happens, especially with the new, new look and new vamp Vikings defense, especially on that front line this year. I think it's, it's going to be crucial for Vikings pass rush to get in his face a little bit and make sure that he can disrupt some of those timing routes. Those damn Bengals love taking our guys in free agency, whether it's Riley reef, Mackenzie Alexander in years past, we all know that cornerback Trey Waynes is still over there. He played some really quality snaps over his time uh, as a first round draft pick for the Vikings. So, a lot of a lot of connections in this game uh, to kick off the beginning of the NFL season for the Vikings. Looking at week two, we are on the road again. It's at Arizona, Sunday, September 19th at 3.05 p.m. So what are your first and initial thoughts when you see that game, Gabe? Uh, Patrick Peterson. Um, he had that game circled on his calendar. Um, well, when I interviewed him, he said he already had that game circled on his calendar whenever that came. Um, and it's week two now. And he said, "Just I can just remember his words basically saying, like, he's going to have a moment when he's going in the tunnel and, like, seeing some of the old fans. And it'll probably dawn upon him that, like, hey, like, do I play for the Cardinals? And he's going to be like, okay, I play for the Vikings. So I'm, I'm waiting to see that moment. And him, you know, lined up against DeAndre Hopkins. And it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings can start their season out with two straight road games. Uh, one against Cincinnati and now against Arizona in a different time zone. So I'm excited. I'm looking at some of the past games that Jay has on the outline here against the Arizona Cardinals, and they are two games that I remember very fondly. The last time in the regular season, the Vikings defeated the Cardinals 27-17 to in Minnesota in 2018. I remember Xavier Rhodes had an interception in the end zone and took it all the way to the house. One of the most exciting plays in U.S. Bank Stadium history for the Vikings. That was a huge win with Patrick Peterson on the roster. And the game before that, the last time the Vikings were in Arizona, it was 2015 on Thursday Night Football when I think just about every single cornerback on the roster was banged up. Terrence Newman went from playing corner to safety in that game. I think it was Anthony Harris's first start um, starting for Andrew Sendejo as an undrafted free agent. And that set the tone for a lot of what happened in Anthony Harris's career with the Vikings going forward after that game. And I think it was a sack uh, from Dwight Freeney and Teddy got sacked uh, for that game to end in overtime, I believe, 23-20. to So a uh, really tough loss there in Arizona that I would love to avenge. That was my first year with the Vikings in 2015. Week three, it's the home opener. And guess what, Gabe? We're not going to Seattle. They're playing us in U.S. Bank Stadium, which you haven't been here the past couple of years, but every single year we go to Seattle and play on Monday Night Football. This game will be Sunday, September 26th at 3.25 p.m. It will be nationally televised, I assume, and it will be in our home stadium at U.S. Bank Stadium. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but if, if Minnesota Vikings fans could start off with start off at home against any team other than the Packers and the Saints, it will be the Seattle Seahawks, just due to the history. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? There is a lot of angst that comes with playing the Seattle Seahawks, and a lot of that, like Carso said, has, has been centered around the fact we have played in Seattle and it's been such a nasty place to play. 
Yeah, we've got the uh, the the horrid memory of the the playoff game where we we drove down and missed the final kick. The Seattle team has turned into a non-divisional top tier team that you love to beat along with the New Orleans Saints. Yep. I just feel like Seattle, it, because of Russell Wilson at this point, is a top echelon team with the amount of points they've been scoring. Last year, their defense really, really struggled. I'm going to be really curious to see, given some of the additions and people that they've added to the, the roster this year, what's going to happen with them, especially with the turmoil that was going on about is Russell Wilson going to stay? Is he going to go? Whatever. I just feel like if you can get them now and get some home cooking going against this team and let this fan base get as noisy as they can inside that building, it should be a huge advantage, much like the 12s are against us in Seattle. Yeah, and I know like Russell Wilson – I know like he last year, well, I guess previous years, he's had like MVP caliber seasons until he plays the Vikings and everybody just from I've only been here a year. But from what a lot of people have told me, Mike Zimmer has Russell Wilson's number. So if that still holds true today, I would say a guy like Cameron Dantzler, he's going to be licking his chops. Basically, you know, I would probably say he probably agrees that he wish he didn't give up that that big fourth down uh, conversion last year against DK Metcalf. So. If this still holds true, that Mike Zimmer still has Russell Wilson's number, I would expect a field day from a guy like Cameron Dantzler uh, alongside uh, Patrick Peterson. Like, I, I'm excited. This is probably, in this first quarter of the season, like the first four games, this is probably the game I'm most excited about. I agree. What a game to have the home opener against the Seattle Seahawks, the team that beat us 27 to 26 in that game on Monday Night Football, where if Alexander Madison just kind of goes right up the middle instead of trying to go to the outside, we win that game. Uh, there, all these games go back to uh, when Linval Joseph got called for a penalty, but for using uh, some of the guys as leverage on a on a blocked kick or whatever that play was. Yeah, there's been so many tough losses. If if Dalvin Cook finishes that game last year, there's yes. a pretty good chance we win. I mean, he had already rushed for over 100 in the first half. Like, and, and he gets injured in that game. And, of course, we just, just lose after a crazy second-half comeback by Kirk Cousins in the Vikings offense. So uh, we will see how, the, how loud the fans are in that first game at U.S. Bank Stadium. The opponent definitely will make them as loud as humanly possible. Uh, week four, we're back at home, and guess what? It's another crazy connection. It's the Cleveland Browns visiting on Sunday, October 3rd at noon, and all I can think of is Kevin Stefanski coming back to U.S. Bank Stadium after his 14 seasons as a, as an assistant coach with the organization. This one means a lot to me because he's a, a, a friend of mine. He's one of the most normal people in the NFL, and now he's a head coach for the Cleveland Browns. He took him to the playoffs last year. Just unbelievable to have him come back in that second home game, Jay. Yeah, I think the, the thing that's intriguing, there's the Stefanski angle and everything, but this Cleveland team has turned into a really sneaky, sneaky good team in the last two seasons. And if you start to look at their roster a little bit, you have to absolutely look at a guy like Nick Chubb. At running back, he's just been bananas. He ranked fourth in the NFL with an average of 5.6 yards per rush, had a career-best 12 touchdowns in 2020. Crazy to me when you have a top-tier, top-caliber running back like that. Again, all offseason we've been talking about what's our pass rush, what's our line uh, defensive line going to look like. You have some top-caliber running backs that are going to be here in these first four games, and I think a guy like Nick Chubb is going to be coming in the door on that fast turf 
feeling like he's got a chance to to do some damage, but we will see leading up to that how our defense gels at that point. Yeah, I think we'll also see how a guy like Christian Darasaw holds up. I mean, and in the first quarter of the season, going against a guy like Jadavion Clowney and and Miles Garrett, um, pretty much every single play, I feel like that'll be okay. Like Christian Darasaw is in the NFL now. The Cleveland Browns have pretty much had a similar free agency period, just like us. I mean, they they added a lot of weapons on the defensive side of the ball. From the safety, John Johnson III, to Anthony Walker, Malik Jackson. And then they addressed uh, the draft by going Greg Newsom uh, with the 26th overall pick. And then Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa at the 52nd, So, which was a Notre Dame linebacker. So they are focusing on the defense this year. They feel like the defense is, is their way to hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. So after that, we have another home game. Three home games in a row uh, heading into week five at home. The first divisional matchup of the season against the Detroit Lions, the Matt Stafford list Detroit Lions on Sunday, October 10th at noon. So this is going to be a really big stretch here uh, to start the season off. You have two games on the road and then three at home, all against opponents that are going to be very competitive. This seems like a must-win game, Jay. Basically, Detroit is going to be new. I mean, across the board, they had so much turnover, including at head coach with Matt Patricia out and new head coach Dan Campbell in coming out of uh, New Orleans there as the assistant head coach and tight end coach. Um, I think he's already been making waves for for good and for bad uh, when it comes to some of the press conferences and things they've been saying. But in Detroit, it's going to take them a little bit to kind of get things up to speed. By week five, after that, that'll essentially be the beginning of their eighth game, including the preseason ones. That'll be their eighth game of the season, and you can feel like they will start to have figured some things out on their end. But still, you have a brand new quarterback. You've got a bunch of new wide receivers and defense. They are going to to need some time. And I think by week five, you will actually you will get a, a solidified Detroit Lions team. So you can never count them out. We always know. Everyone always talks about it. it's the NFL. But I think, yeah, this Detroit team, this is one that you should get after and you should win, given the fact that they're still going to be trying to figure some stuff out on their end. You gotta love playing Jared Goff instead of Matthew Stafford. Just my opinion. Uh, I definitely Matthew Stafford in this division was one of the toughest quarterbacks to go against. I will welcome Jared Goff instead. Uh, week six, we're at the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, October seventeenth at noon. A lot of changes happened with this Carolina Panthers team. Sam Darnold, the quarterback of the New York Jets, was acquired uh, for a few draft picks. That changes everything with what's going on over there with Coach Rule and, and and what he's been able to do with this with this Carolina Panthers offense. So, Gabe, what are your first overall thoughts heading to Carolina in Week Six? Yeah, um, I don't know who's going to be more excited, myself or Chad Surratt, to get Bojangles that weekend. Um, but the Carolina Panthers, man, they are your hometown. Hometown. I'm ready to go home. But the Carolina Panthers, they did not forget that 20, 28 to 27 loss against us this past year where we went down and scored 14 points in the last quarter. Um, I mean, that's Chad Beebe's muffed a miracle game. I, I think that will be uh, a very intriguing game um, because I feel like they look at us as one of their arch nemesis now. It's like, like we, we got to beat the Vikings if we want to be considered a, a, a real team. And I think that that is a game that Mike Zimmer will have circled on his calendar too. And after, you know, three straight home games, Hitting the road, I'm sure Mike Zimmer will be uh, all in his team, basically saying, like, "Okay, like, like let's change our mindset now. We, we got to go down here and win this game, 
and let's go down, win a game, and get back as soon as possible. So many intriguing storylines, man. I agree. Christian McCaffrey, you know he'll be back and ready to go after being injured for a decent amount of last year. And it's just looking at this Viking schedule here, you have the first two games on the road, then you have three at home ending with that divisional matchup, and then you have one on the road before the week seven bye. So this chunk of six games is really going to set the stage for what's to come for the Vikings season, Jay. Most teams, they want to have a late bye just to make sure that you can get through the first chunk of the season, get a little bit of rest, and then make that push for the back end. We're going to be flipping it this year where we've got six on the front end and and, uh, 11 on the back end. And so one of the things that later in the schedule you'll find out is there is kind of a little bit of a mini buy, but I think, um, you know, this is one of those times that coaches will go through and evaluate and, you know, the benefits of having six games on the front end and then a pause for a week is just to make sure one, you get rested again to get ready for that next 11 games. And then two, doing the self-scouting and evaluating and just figuring out what did and didn't work so far and then changing it up for the back half of the season. So uh, there's benefits to both sides. And for me, I just look at this and say, it'd be a good time to take a pause, get ready for the run, and then keep moving. To that point, Jay, I mean, last year we had a week seven bye also. We were one of five going into the bye week. And then we went on the, you know, the four game run coming out of the bye week. So I think we have a better chance of not going one and five this year. Um, but you, you got to think, like you said, after that bye week, that's when the going gets going. It'll be quite the break from that week six game at Carolina. That's Sunday, October 17th at noon. And then we don't play again until we're back at home against the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football on October 31st. That will be a highly viewed game playing the Cowboys at U.S. Bank Stadium. Jay, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, The return of Dak Prescott. That's what I'm curious to see. We'll, We'll have known throughout the season what he's like, but... He has always been frustrated over the last couple of years with the contract situation that is out the window. Um, he had the compound fracture last year coming back from that just to see what he's like. If if you get a full and healthy Dak who's getting paid at this point, then you should understand that Dak's going to be walking in that door ready to sling that ball. And we all saw what difference it was when Dak was gone last year versus when Andy, you know, when he was in in the front half and then Andy Dalton took over in the second half. That Dak Prescott-led team is a completely different animal. And so for me, Dallas is always tough. The cool thing for us this year is we do actually have some really good fan bases that are are coming into U.S. Bank Stadium who travel well. So Vikings fans, try to hold on to your tickets <laughs> as much as possible. Hopefully with it being a Sunday night football game, uh, everyone will want to be at that one. But Dallas always travels really, really well. There's always a lot of fans and the atmosphere is always exciting. So I'm looking forward to that one. I have a feeling that might be a primetime purple game. I feel like every time we've played Dallas at home, we've been wearing those those jerseys with the yellow numbers. You never I know absolutely nothing, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, that was that was a Thursday night game a few years ago, I believe, that we played the Dallas Cowboys and wore those primetime purple jerseys. So we will see what happens as Dak Prescott is back. Uh, you seem to see that Jerry Jones and that Dallas Cowboys offense really missed what they had in Dak Prescott when he had that season-ending injury um, on, on October 11th against the Giants, Gabe. It is going to be a, a rowdy fan base that game. You know, on Sunday Night Football, the first primetime game of the season, um, you can't get a better opponent than the Dallas Cowboys for your first primetime game. So, like Jay said, Vikings fans, hold on to your tickets. 
I promise you it'll be a showdown. And similar to what I said last year, the first team to 30 points will win that game. And last year the Dallas Cowboys scored, scored 31. We scored 28. They won by three points. And um, the, the story wrote itself after that. So I, I'm excited to see what Vikings team will show up after the bye week because the Cowboys were coming off a of bye week last year when they played us. So uh, a little a little revenge. I would say I guess it's a revenge tour for us after after the bye week. Gabe, just a note, we were both worried about the football side. Corso was worried about what color jerseys and pants they were going to be wearing. So, let, let's, so here, the here fans, we go, Cowboys. Here we go against, the fans love those jerseys. Rookie, man. Here we go against Cowboys. Let's worry about their pants. Yeah, I mean, it's America's team. We've got to show them up. Show them up in our in our gold numbers. I know Adam Thielen's always wearing those yellow gloves against in, in those games, which I love to see. Uh, Gabe expects a lot of offense. I think Adam Thielen's going to have a big game. Um, in that one, but I love that. Looking ahead, we have a few. We're back on the road. We're on the road again, as Jay would as Jay would put it. Week nine at Baltimore, Sunday, November seventh, noon. That seems like a tough game. Uh, that that's that's my initial takeaway. That is a tough game to play in Baltimore. I'm assuming Lamar Jackson will be rolling halfway through the season at that point. That's going to be a very tough game. Any defensive coordinator or any head coach, you have to change your defense when you play Lamar Jackson because he's a, he's a one-in-a-generation type quarterback. And for a guy who was a 2019 MVP and has started 37 games over the past three seasons, he, he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder because he's trying to prove people wrong and basically say, hey, I'm a throwing quarterback also. For Mike Zimmer, he's basically saying, hey, well, I know what I'm doing also. I can come in here and shut down the, the arguably the best quarterback in the NFL and, and hold him to whatever point you need to, to win that game. And especially going down to Baltimore after the second week after your bye week, you you live for games like this if if you're a if you're a baller in this league. There's lots of juicy storylines in this one. You got Rashad Bateman getting drafted from the Gophers heading out to Baltimore to to work with Lamar. One of the other things for me is this is the first time in eight years as it's, you know, cyclical, but the last time we played was December 8th, 2013. The Ravens beat the Vikings 29-26, and the craziness about that one is because I was at that game was it was basically played in a blizzard. They were curious if they were going to have to postpone the game or not. They didn't. They let it go, and in the last, I believe it was two and a half minutes or so, I think there were four touchdowns scored, including a Cordell Patterson kick return touchdown in the middle of the snow. It was bananas. And the craziest thing about it was, yeah, we we lost and it stunk. The worst part was sitting in the locker room after the fact, and we were going through eating our barbecue from one of the local joints there in Baltimore. And uh, one of our, our executive vice presidents basically says, get comfortable because apparently another plane slid into our plane Ooh. at the airport, damaging it. And we were going to be stuck there for an additional three to four hours till Delta could get another flight flying into a blizzard in Baltimore. And on top of that, because I went back for another rib, I cracked a tooth on a piece of bone. So for me, this is a revenge game for my dentist. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jay. That's why I knew you'd have a story for Baltimore. <laughs> That's amazing. Gosh. Well, hopefully we go into that game ready to go because Jay's going to be very upset if we don't beat the other team in purple in Baltimore. Uh, the week next, we're back on the road and literally to the other side of the country. We're at the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday, November 14th at 3.05 p.m. Week 9, they're sending us to the East Coast. Week 10, we're going all the way to the West Coast. Uh, we'll be in that nice new stadium, though, Gabe. You really have to buckle down when, when traveling across the country after playing a team like the Baltimore Ravens because 
when you play like a guy like Lamar Jackson, like you're going to go out and give your all. And then when you got the Chargers up next, usually a lot of teams are winded. You got to travel across the country. You probably got to leave on a Friday instead of a Saturday. Um, this is a must-win game against the Chargers. I, I think you you really show how polished you are as a team when you play against a, a team like the, the Chargers, especially coming off of a game where you are playing arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, this I think this rounds – this is the first game of the third quarter of the season. So you, you, you have to prove a point here. And I think a guy like Adam Thielen, who has his best games in, in the month of November – I think this is when the veteran leadership starts to to show its face. This is where you get to see the basically the two offensive rookie of the year uh, candidates from 2020 go and do some battle here. And that's one of the things if you come off of, of working against Lamar and now all of a sudden you got the rookie of the year with Justin Herbert. Yeah, it's the second season. Usually there might be a little bit of a sophomore slump, but I think given what that guy showed last year, this uh, coaching staff is going to put in as much time as they can to make sure that they they're hitting him in, in every direction to try to confuse him a little bit more because he looks stellar as a rookie. So that'll be good to see. And then also you'll be going against a little DN named Joey Bosa who led the team in sacks at seven and a half and tackles for loss at 15. So I just think offense and defensive side of the ball there in LA, they're starting to, to turn some things around and they got some real playmakers. And I think this Vikings offense and defense going to have to be making sure that they don't hit a trap game. Yeah. You guys bring up the trap game. We play the Green Bay Packers at home in week 11, and that's Sunday, November 21st at noon. It's crazy that our first two divisional games of the year will both be at home, the Lions earlier on in the schedule, and then, of course, the Green Bay Packers here at home. So we're going to have to take advantage of this week 11 game, Gabe. Like you got to win this game at home against the Packers. We know what they've done to us in years past. We know they won the division last year. We know Aaron Rodgers is the 2020 NFL MVP. We don't know if Aaron Rodgers will be on the Green Bay Packers with all the reports that are out there, but this is a game must win either way at home on November 21st. Yeah, and I don't think the fact of playing in an empty stadium will will be the case at this point. If fans are allowed in the stadium by November 21st, I I think it'll be at whatever whatever the the capped capacity will be for that Green Bay game. And this is an opportunity for the Vikings to really make a late push. I mean, now we're what four or five games after the bye week. It's a grind at this point. You you go to L.A. the week before. You go to Baltimore the week before that. You're in the middle of a grind, and you you got to figure things out at this point. And like I said, you you got to lean on that that veteran leadership. I would think a guy like what do they, what do they call it, Kirk Tober? You yes. got to think a guy like Kirk and a guy like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, or even the other veterans. They got to show their face at this point because this is a time of the year where you start to get bogged down from from all the traveling and all the games, and the bye week is is after is is past. So you you got to figure it out. Yeah, and with that being said, you have a few road games coming up in the schedule. I won't give them up, give them away yet, but this game at home against Green Bay, every single year I've been with this team, I see how much louder the fans are, how much more uh, crap is being talked the entire week up until the game between the Wisconsin people and the, and the Minnesota people. It's just this game means so much to so many different people, especially the one at home. Because we know that the Green Bay Packers fans travel very well to this game. And Jay's point earlier, please do not give up your tickets, Vikings fans. (laughs) I've already been getting hit up by friends at this point saying, hey, if there's any chance. And I just kind of say, 
yeah, okay, you know, good luck on that one because it, it's it's always the hottest ticket in town when it comes to that week. Border battle is always nuts. Uh, this this game being at home will be the oasis in this rougher stretch here of road games that are coming through here, and um, you you have to win this one. You absolutely have to win this one because it's home cooking at that point, and I don't think you'll have an issue getting up for Green Bay at that point. Very shocking that this game's on at noon on a Sunday. To be honest with you, I, that that might be flexed. I feel like that's a game that that could possibly be flexed later on in the year, week eleven. I, how does that game not get flexed? Uh, we'll see w- what kind of team Green Bay has this year with number 12 potentially uh, being out the door. We don't know what, what the scenario will be in, in, in that area, but, man, that game is going to be a huge game. It's probably going to determine a playoff spot uh, later on in this schedule, but we teased it earlier. We have a few road games coming up after that. We're back on the road at San Francisco week 12, Sunday, November 28th at 3.25 p.m., And then I'm just going to say right after that, week 13, we're at Detroit, Sunday, December 5th at noon. So starting out with San Francisco, Gabe, this is going to be tough. I mean, we're we're back on the road. We're in the the heat of the the last quarter of the schedule, and we got a big game against San Francisco, week 12 um, at Levi Stadium. Yeah, um, I think the, the game that comes to mind is the 2019 loss at San Francisco in the second round of the playoffs. Mike Zimmer, I think this is a game that he he wants to win um, more so than probably any other game on the schedule. The team that knocked you out of the playoffs two years ago, you get the chance to to play them and get opportunity to beat them. And in week 12 later in the season, um, the guys would be up for that game. And, of course, it would be great to see a guy like Trey Lance also, right? I mean, third overall pick. If he's playing, we don't know what the situation is right now on May 12th with him and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um but it'll it'll be exciting to see how the Vikings show up that game. I mean, at Baltimore, at the Chargers, at home, and then at San Francisco, like three games on the road in four weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what kind of kind of team the Vikings have by this point. Yeah, that, this will be a big time game against a, a big city team quarterback Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, the number third overall pick. They traded up for him, so clearly he could be the starter at this point of the season rather than Jimmy Garoppolo. That will be really interesting to see who's leading the charge uh, at week 12 in the season. We know Kyle Shanahan's a big-time fan of Trey Lance, so this could be a really dynamic offense that we're going up against Sunday, November 28th at Levi Stadium. Week 13, I brought it up before, we're at Ford Field playing the Detroit Lions again. I think this is a must-win game, Jay. You go into this game, this is a, a revamped Detroit Lions. They, they have a new head coach. They have a new quarterback. They have pretty much a new everything when it comes to Oregon tackle Panay Sewell. Um, he, he will be that left tackle for that team. So uh, a lot of new pieces. I think you got to go into Detroit. You got to go into Ford Field, and you have to win the game on Sunday, December 5th. Those Detroit games are always the ones that are always a little bit tougher too. Yeah, they play us tough at home, but when it's home cooking for them, they look at us and say there have been so many close games over the last four or five years. I'm sure this is one as well they'd like to circle. But again, this is eight weeks after we get them in week five, and they will definitely you know have their ducks in a row at that point. Um, what their record is going to be at that point, who knows? Uh, the biggest thing that you just have to do is handle your own business. And one thing that we know is that in the past, Matt Stafford has been sacked a lot 
well, especially when we've played them at Detroit. Hopefully that uh, pass rush can kick in again in the upcoming season here, and Jared Goff is going to have to be running for his life a little bit. Um, Panay Sewell at that point, he will not really be much of a rookie. He's going to be 13 weeks into his career, and I think a, a guy like him will definitely have his feet underneath him, and so it will be interesting to see given – what we were trying to do, especially with our new defensive edge rushers and getting Daniil Hunter back, um, just to see what what kind of a game he has. So if you're looking for some interesting matchups, I think it's going to be what kind of pass rush we'll get on Jared Goff and then seeing what a guy like Panay Sewell and what, how he handles some of our defensive edge rushers. So I'm looking forward to it. It's always a fun game. Yeah, it's Detroit, and you say we should win this one, but um, this will be round two of, of the battle for the season, and it'll already be done by week 13. No Kenny Galladay either. Uh, the wide receiver, the top wide receiver in Detroit, signed with the New York Giants in free agency. So I will not miss seeing him on the field either uh, for the Detroit Lions. But week 14, Gabe, you circled the Baltimore game on the calendar. I'm circling this game at home week 14 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Thursday night football, Thursday, November 9th against the Steelers. This is a game that I know, like, as a fan of of the NFL, you have two of the best organizations, two of the most classic organizations in the league facing off on Thursday Night Football. I know there's that joke out there that Thursday Night Football is, like, the worst game, whether it's, like, the Jags against the Colts or whatever kind of game that they throw out there um, these past couple years. But this is about as good as it gets for a game early in the week in Week 14. Yeah, and I'm surprised you didn't bring up the, the color of the pants the Vikings would be wearing on Primetime Thursday. Um, but since you didn't, I figured we'd probably wear all purple this week. But yeah, like you said... This could be the Primetime <laughs> game too, Gabe. You never know. <laughs> like you said, these are two of arguably the, the most classiest organizations in the NFL. And the fact that they have only played twice in the past 16 years. Well, I, I guess once. I guess the, the last time they played, it was 2013 in London. But the twice in the past 16 years it says a lot about how prepared these two teams will be uh and in such a short week you have three days to to play to prepare for a different type of playbook like Mike Zimmer hasn't hasn't played this team as the Vikings head coach like these games are an anomaly like you you don't play the Steelers that often so when you get a chance to to beat them on primetime purple in your home stadium you, you you take advantage of that as much as you can It'll be really interesting to see what Ben Roethlisberger we see in his 18th season with the with the organization in 2021. I feel like every single year it's like this is going to be his last year and he comes back and he's good again and, and they win again and they make the playoffs again. So I expect them to be competing at this point in the season. And, of course, Mike Tomlin, that's always what I think about, the former Vikings assistant coach. He's 145-78-1. and 78 and one as he enters his 15th season as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the most constant voices in all of the NFL uh, has not left that organization since he took charge 14 seasons ago. So a really interesting game there against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 14. Looking at Week 15, it's another divisional game, and it's on the road at Soldier Field, we take on the Chicago Bears, and it is the uh, just the Monday night football game that we have to play at Soldier Field. It's appeared on the schedule a few times since I've been here uh, in 2015. So this is Monday, December 20th at Soldier Field, Jay. I know we normally don't play too well 
uh, on Monday night in Chicago. Especially with this being a uh, December 20th game in Chicago. I know last year we were a little spoiled with a lot of our road games at the back end of the season being in warm climates. This season is not going to be that case, and you'll find out here in, in the next couple games. But Chicago is always the, the nightmare place for us to play. We've always struggled, especially on a, a Sunday night or a Monday night game. Um, who knows what the Bears are going to look like quarterback-wise at that point as Fields going to start the season. Are they going to be going after with uh, Andy Dalton? Um, that defense is always tough. But one thing we know is if it's going to be a December game in Chicago on Monday Night Football, it's going to be cold, it's going to be loud, it's going to be rowdy, and it's going to mean that you're going to need your road graders to get that running game going against that stout defensive line. And so it's going to be your classic black and blue division with the Vikings. And uh, I, 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 I can't wait. I love those games in Chicago no matter what time of year. But when I saw it was a December game, I'm like, man, that's going to be potentially classic and that it's going to be a, a late-night cold game in Chicago. It'll definitely be cold December 20th, a few days before Christmas. So a uh, very exciting game on Monday Night Football during Week 15 against the Chicago Bears. I think about Jordan Howard running all over us on Monday Night Football a few years ago, and I am not happy that we have to go back there um, in cold Chicago on Monday night. Uh, looking at Week 16, we're back home. And it is against the L.A. Rams Sunday, December 26th. So we'll only have a few days to get ready for that game at home during Week 16. Matthew Stafford will, in fact, uh, get his chance at U.S. Bank Stadium again, Gabe. Yeah, and I'm excited about that game because that will be my 30th birthday. So beating Matthew Stafford on my 30th birthday, I think I think that will be a good birthday gift. Christmas is the day before. But, yeah, Matthew Stafford, he's going to try. He's gonna, I mean, granted, he's back in the division for another week. So he's going to try to get a win. And I think a guy like Daniil Hunter or just this Vikings defense in particular, we've had a field day against Matthew Stafford when he was with the Lions. So I think the biggest matchup I'm looking for is Justin Jefferson against Jalen Ramsey. When I was talking to Keenan McCardell, uh, of course, we know Keenan McCardell was the coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars where Jalen Ramsey played his first three seasons. And he said when he looked at Jalen Ramsey and then he looked at Justin Jefferson in pads, he thought they were the same two people, like their body type, the way they run, the way they just their their body language. So seeing two similar body types of players going against each other on pretty much every single play, you, you got to think Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow a guy like Justin Jefferson if he is the Justin Jefferson that we know. So seeing that matchup is going to be fun. I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing what the heck's going to happen with them uh, with Aaron Donald. You know, he is an absolute beast, defensive MVP year after year. We all know he's a gigantic handful. So uh, this offensive line being revamped, especially with some rookies that are going to be put on that 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 offensive line, trying to see how they keep him in check and, and what we do to kind of prevent him from, from getting his uh, 13 and a half sacks that he had the previous season. Um, he's going to be a potential game wrecker. You know they will be doing a lot of double teams and triple teams against him. So again, as you're looking at this Vikings offense versus defense, you might have Ramsey and Jefferson or Thielen on one side, but for me, it's going to be Aaron Donald trying to go up against that offensive line and see what you can do to stop him. That will certainly be an interesting game. A lot of connections there as well. It's, it's just amazing how many connections in all of these games, That whether it's to Minnesota or the division and Matthew Stafford coming back to U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, definitely will be a fun game to watch um, when the L.A. Rams come in during Week 16. 
The next two games and the final two games of the season are going to probably be some of the most important games on the Vikings schedule. Week 17, we go to Lambeau Field in cold Wisconsin. (laughs) Sunday, January 2nd, Sunday night football. It's going to be one of those games, Gabe, that we're watching on national TV. The snow is going to be coming Uh. down. We're going to have a chance to win the division, hopefully, and seal it up a week early. And it's going to be at Lambeau Field, hopefully um, not against Aaron Rodgers in this game. <laughs> well, if it's, I, I love playing in Green Bay against Jordan Love on January 2nd at Adam Thielen's favorite stadium in the entire world. So this is going to be fun to start the new year off in Green Bay. And Jay was talking about December 20th at Chicago in the snow. January 2nd at Lambeau in the snow? Like, this is this is as good as it gets if you're a football fan. And I don't really have anything, like, witty to say about this than other than this is just a must-win game. If you can't get up for the Green Bay Packers, chances are you, you shouldn't be trying to make a playoff push. There was a game in January a few years ago when the Vikings went on – in primetime and actually shut out the Green Bay Packers. I think they won like 16-0 to or something like that. I'm going purely on memory here, uh, but that game I was one of, my, one of the most amazing games that I saw Mike Zimmer's defense play against any team. It, I think Harrison Smith had a few interceptions in that game, but uh, I that's what I think of when I look at this game on the schedule. I don't know if you feel the same, Jay. Uh, if you remember, that was the Aaron Rodgers was knocked out earlier in the season by a certain uh, player wearing 55. The thing about that that game you're talking about, Corso, was it was ridiculously cold. And an international friend of mine was in town and was kind of hinting he wanted to go. And I'm like, it's going to be like 20 below zero. Do you really want to try and make this happen? He said, yep. And so we piled in the car, drove to Lambeau. Sat in the upper deck, luckily under the awning. It actually was a little bit warmer than they were uh, predicting, but that was one of the most fun games I've ever been to at Lambeau because it was just kind of an onslaught, and uh, you don't get to see too many of those uh, as a Vikings fan. It's always a dogfight. So hopefully by by week 17, like you said, if this is for all the marbles, I've been there a couple times when we've, we've won the division in Green Bay, and there's nothing sweeter than beating that Packers team at Lambeau Field. So hopefully we can do it again. And that will head right into a very familiar game, the last game of the season at home against the Chicago Bears. Every single year, we play the Chicago Bears with the last game of the season at home at U.S. Bank Stadium. This will be Sunday, January 9th. The time is TBD, and it will be the regular season finale. And it's just amazing that the schedule makers every single year, the past three or four years, have put us at home against the Chicago Bears, and in some years it's worked in our favor where we've won that game, but I can remember a few years where we've either been kicked out of the playoffs or, yeah, kicked out of the playoffs a few times when this game actually meant nothing to the Chicago Bears. So this game could either be one that means a lot or it could be a game that means very little, Gabe. Yeah, I'm hoping it's like 2019 where the starters can rest for the season finale. So. If not, yeah, this will be a very difficult game to play at home, and a lot of pressure on the line to win at home in the finals in the in the season finale. So, I don't know. Green Bay first, Chicago last game of the season. You you have to you have to set yourself up with the best opportunity to make it to the playoffs before you get to that Chicago game. But if not, yeah, it's it's a must win game, and especially 
week 18. Like this is, I mean, we're not accustomed to to playing 17 games in a season. So bodies are going to be tired by this point. So, so you, you, you have to just, I always say it all the time, you got to thug it through. You just got to thug it through and get through it and, and, and try to do as much as you can to set yourself up for success in the postseason if you are talking postseason at this point. It'll be the first time you hear the words week 18 uttered in an NFL season. Definitely a different dynamic uh, with this season being added, uh, with a game being added uh, to this year's NFL schedule. So definitely an interesting one. It will be a week 18 game at home against the Bears instead of the week 17 at home against the Bears that we've had um, a bunch of years and years past. And uh, we play into January in the regular season. That will be January 9th that we will have our last regular season game. Normally it's around New Year's Day that we're playing that last game. So uh, there will be no weather implications playing inside the lovely uh, 68-degree U.S. Bank Stadium, but definitely will be an interesting game, to say the least, and it will be interesting if we have to um, go into a playoff game that next week or have a bye week or whatever it might be. Hopefully, uh, the Bears do not have a chance to knock us out in that last game at home at U.S. Bank Stadium. Now, we went through every single game on the schedule, all 17 games. There are a lot of talkers And we're starting it out with, we have a very early bye week, very similar to last year, as Gabe said earlier, the week seven bye week. We talked about those first six games, how important they're going to be uh, when you start out a season with two games on the road. There's going to be a lot that you're going to look at and look back to um, with those first six games of the season. Another thing that stands out to me, guys, is the primetime games on the schedule. There are two home primetime games, two away primetime games, and they are all very intriguing games, as we already touched on earlier in the show. That might mean that we see a lot of the primetime purple this year, as I said earlier, but uh, really interesting primetime games. Chicago, Pittsburgh, at Chicago, at Green Bay. Those are going to be games that make or break our season, Gabe. And and three of those games, three of those four primetime games are against division foes, and the other one is against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is tied for first most Lombardi trophies in the NFL. Um, so all eyes will be on the Minnesota Vikings, and like I said, that that pressure, it bursts pipes or it makes diamonds, um, and we'll see what these this Minnesota Vikings team is made of. We certainly will. It's going to be a fun season. Looking at this schedule already has me excited for what's to come. I'm already circling games on the calendar. That game against Pittsburgh on Thursday night is one that I cannot wait for. And obviously some of those divisional games later on in the season are going to be ones that make or break our playoff chances uh, when we get to that point in this 17-game schedule. So... That's going to do it. We covered just about every single game. We talked about the three preseason games, what stands out to us the most. Jace shared some of his best stories um, from his times in Baltimore, which I loved hearing that story. But uh, I'm going to throw it to you guys. I'll throw it to you first, Gabe, for your final takeaways uh, from this schedule. There's a lot to break down. I'm sure we're going to do it going forward, but uh, what else do you have to add as we uh, get ready to say goodbye here? It's a tough schedule, man. Um, I'm excited though that the fact that we have a schedule that we have something to look forward to. Um, everything is like chronological order from free agency to the draft. Now 
you finally get a sense of hope of, okay, the football season is here now. We have something to look forward to. And I'm a guy that I'm a deadline guy. So I always give myself deadlines. Okay, by this date, I got to have this done. So when I see a schedule and numbers beside it, and this is the date of the game, it only makes me excited. So I'm, I'm pumped, man. I think this is a, a must win year, right? For, for everyone involved. But at the same time, I think this is a winnable schedule. And I think the Vikings can make some noise. You, you, you put the pieces together. I know there are going to be more pieces added once you know time goes on, but the pieces are here. And now it's just a, the fact of just showing up and playing. Jay? One of the things this always lets us do every year once we finally get the schedule is for all of us that are on this podcast and the rest of the people within the organization, you can actually plan your life for the next eight <laughs> months at least. So this is the beginning of everything feeling like this is the real world. I'm looking forward to seeing a packed stadium, hopefully. I'm looking forward to feeling a, a building shake doing a skull chant. I'm looking forward to that first touchdown and hearing the roof fly off the place. That's what I'm looking forward to most. Being at those games last year, it was great to be at a football game and have a sense of normalcy for us, but it wasn't normal. Nothing was normal last season. And for me, having... That be the case, and then giving that we're playing this murderer's row at times of teams, of the 14 teams we're playing, seven of them were playoff teams. And so that just means that there's always turnover year to year. We already talked about the quarterback changeover and the controversies with some of these teams. But in general, for me, the thing I'm excited about the most is seeing a normal football game, hopefully getting everybody back in there, hopefully, and in the end, having a successful season. And I just feel like, we know how this tends to go. Last season was not what the team wanted. We don't typically have back-to-back dreadful seasons and just feeling like let's have some fun. Let's have a, a hopefully a playoff push by this team and really make it memorable. I agree, Jay. It's the start of the calendar. It's the start of the schedule. It's the start to get excited for the season to come. Everybody's 0-0. Zero zero. Everyone's perfect. Everyone has the hopes and dreams of hoisting that Lombardi trophy uh, in February when this whole thing is over. So, so much to look forward to and a lot of content to look forward to on the Vikings Entertainment Network and their platforms. We have a full breakdown, season schedule breakdown from Voice of the Vikings' Paul Allen and Fox 9's Ron Johnson. They're going to break down every single part of the Vikings' schedule and will be joined by a ton of guests in Adam Thielen and a few others. That will be at 6.45 p.m. on Wednesday night and will be live on Vikings.com and all of the social media platforms. Also, Rookie Minicamp begins this weekend. It will be your first chance to see some of your favorite Vikings draft picks in their purple and white uh, practice uniforms. Really exciting time. I want to see what Kellen Mond will bring um, at that quarterback position and obviously the rest of the Vikings draft picks will be there as well. Full Squad Minicamp will follow Rookie Minicamp, and that will be in the weeks to follow. A ton of great content with all the Vikings players being back in the building, uh, taking part in some of those offseason workouts. It's a really exciting time as the team gets ready for the new season. But until then, we will see you next time on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and we are less than 100 days away from live Vikings football. We will see you next week.